So welcome, welcome back to the Magic Hours. I am Zoe Flowers and Happy New Year. <laughs> it's May and I am starting off the second season of the podcast with Abigail Moss. And Abigail is a shaman, a teacher, and a founder of Mind Body Free, where she helps women heal their heart and soul and share their medicine with the world. So I'm super excited to talk to Matt, to Abigail. Of course, it's been a while since y'all have heard from me. And um, Allison, Abigail, a little, 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 <laughs> you can call me Allison. Uh, it's all good. <laughs> okay. Well, Abigail and I um, just connected over the interwebs a couple of months ago and we found a time to sit and have a conversation so I'm super excited to hear about her work what she does and she has a podcast as well and so I'm sure she will talk with us about that and so yeah let's just get into it Abigail welcome to the conversation thanks Zoe thanks for having me yeah how are you doing today I'm doing so good. I've been going through a healing journey recently and I just have like so much more energy in my body. It is spring in Calgary and like the long winter is done and like birds are chirping and flowers are blooming. It's just like top of the world over here right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here. It's actually really nice in Connecticut as well. I think it was in the 80s this over the weekend. Nice. So yeah, it's it's nice when things are in bloom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I read your bio, but I would just love to hear about you and your work and all of those things. So love to know um, what you, not what you do in the world, but who you are in the world. Who am I in the world? I love loaded questions, by the way. <laughs> They're like my favorite. People are always like, that's a loaded question. I'm like, I know that's the point. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Um, who I am in the world. I think I'm a lot of things. I think um, something that I've been really feeling a lot lately is like being, I identified a lot as a healer. I think I identify more now just as a soul that is figuring stuff out and have been through many lifetimes and continuously learning and doing my best to share my light and learn through love and help where I can. Yeah, you know, I've been pondering this healer quote, this title as well. Um, mm -hmm. so I have been doing domestic violence work for about uh, 23 years now, wow. now kind of on the sort of outskirts of the work, um, mostly doing healing and wellness work. And I remember uh, I was doing a training and somebody came up to me and they said, I really would like to buy into this healing thing because it looks like it's helped you, but I can't, I can't. I can't access it. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if going from a healer to a soul, was that a natural evolution or was there a reason why you sort of came away from sort of the title healer? It's something I've been struggling with since that person said that to me, actually. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like healer is like a, a role. It's a job, um, mm. but like as a healer, I feel like ultimately, I feel like a lot of healers feel this way. We're the ones who like hold a space and are a guide to help people come to their own healing. Cause that's ultimately how it works. Like there's always the decision within the individual to 
do the work or to let go or to shift over and that it's not just like it's a oh i'm gonna do it and it's done no it's work and it takes guidance and support and attention and lots of variables coming together often but i think it's ultimately that person who does that healing um but to shift from that to a soul i kind of feel like who i am at my core is a soul Mm -hmm. and uh, the role that i like to play in this world is a healer or a guide or teacher shaman or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah but that's that's how i find the most fulfillment i feel like i've gone on such a big healing journey of my own um just out of necessity out of the need to be okay like mentally emotionally and then physically and throughout that journey that's where i learned so much about myself i learned Um, I learned healing, but the healing is like an entry point to the awakening. The healing is an entry point to the soul because it's if something is out of alignment, that's where the pain comes up. If something has been out of alignment for years or lifetimes, that's where the pain has been lingering. So it's the entry point to release that. But the other side of it is realizing who you are. And I find that's like that's the that's the thing that the really big, juicy thing that it's really what it's all about at the end. But Mm -hmm. the entry point is, all right, something's not right. I need to. I need to heal. Yes, that is so true. One of the things that I realized was that the folks who come to me aren't typically the people who are like, oh, I'm just on vacation and I wanted to get a tarot reading or I wanted to get a Reiki. <laughs> it's always like people who are at the crossroads mm-hmm. of like some heavy stuff. So I'm curious about your your journey. Were you always a um, spiritual person? Were you guided to the divine in some way, or did you have something happen that made you shift? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're all spiritual to some degree, like we're all spiritual beings and how much we live in that and play in that, accept it or understand it varies. But I feel like as a kid, like I would always connect with nature and that was my spirituality. Um, But yeah, I used to be a photographer and I was like really ego driven. I really wanted to be successful. I wanted to be famous. I wanted to get all the awards. And we were doing well. And then I um, one day went down this rabbit hole of Netflix documentaries about all of the injustices in the world. <laughs> the <laughs> animals, the different people around the planet to, to, to the planet itself. Yeah. And uh, I just got heartbroken. I felt like I was holding all that pain inside of my heart. And I got so depressed and I just felt stuck. I needed to do something. I needed to find some way to release it. And uh, at the time, ayahuasca was not as big, but I heard about, an inter- I heard an interview on the radio of this man sharing his story of healing his inner child on an ayahuasca journey. And I thought, what the hell is that? So I Googled it. I found a Nat Geo article of a woman healing her depression. And then I was on a plane to Peru a couple of weeks later. <laughs> like when I know something is needed and that's right, I'm just all in head first. I'll figure the rest out later. And that was my spiritual awakening because I needed to heal and it just cracked me open and it just showed me this like world of spirit and magic and connection and like the sacred spirit of the planet. And it just really woke me up to something I'd been seeking for so long, but couldn't quite grasp, didn't quite know what it was. And that's really what changed the trajectory of trajectory of my life after that. Wow. Okay. So I would love for you to Talk about ayahuasca for people who are listening who might not know what it is. Yeah, absolutely. So it is a vine that grows in the jungle and in South America. 
and um, it is a very ancient master plant. So shamans who have been working with this plant for thousands of years uh, for the purposes of healing, of spiritual growth, of connection with nature. And people, many believe, myself included, that ayahuasca has a spirit, an intelligence. And so when you connect with this plant, it has psychoactive properties called um, called DMT, which naturally occurs in our, our body, dimethyltryptyline. Um, and it occurs our body when we're born and when we die. <laughs> so it's like the spirit molecule, it's been called. Mm. And so that's part of the psychoactive part of the plant. And then it's done, it, it's taken with the guidance of shamans who are very powerful because it is a very powerful master plant and these shamans have dedicated their lives to working with it and so it's done around this uh, sacred space and the shaman will sing something called the ikaros and that's what moves the energy and channels the spirit of the plant into the room and so people are moved by it and go on these deep physical emotional spiritual healing journeys Some people will go to reconcile grief or loss or to reconcile having a terminal illness or for healing of some kind. And so, or, or perhaps they just feel very called to it. And so ayahuasca has been calling a lot of people lately. And I believe it's because of what's happening in our planet and a call for humanity to wake up and live differently with each other and with mother earth. This is so interesting because uh, I have wanted to do it for years, but I was a little nervous. And so I uh, was at a yoga teacher training in November. My roommate was a big ayahuasca proponent, had just come from a huge, like two weeks thing. And then when we were leaving, she was going to do another. And she kept saying, I think you'll really like it. I think, and I was like, no, I think I'm good. I don't want to do it because I just, nervous mm -hmm. and then I was talking to a good friend of mine and he did it the beginning of last year and completely changed his life and just like that I changed my mind and I was like oh now I want to do it because I it just I just needed that one person that I love and that I trust mm -hmm. to kind of get the co-sign and then I was like okay so I started researching actually in Peru so here we are talking wow. about yeah, that's, that's so beautiful. It's ah, so wild. Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So are you, is this the the shamanic work that you do with people? Is it through ayahuasca or what is the shamanic practice that you do? Yeah. So uh, ayahuasca um, really showed me a world into spirit, a world into magic and connection. And it was just absolutely amazing and beautiful. And then I came back home to Canada and uh, I went back to the concrete gray <laughs> and, mm -hmm. um, you know, the surrounding people that I was connected with at the time, the, they could not relate to any kind of experience like this. They didn't identify as particularly spiritual. And so it was very disorienting, it was difficult. And ayahuasca is very powerful and amazing, not for everybody, but if you're called, it's beautiful, but it does open up a lot of stuff. And so I had healed and released a lot of pain, but I had more work to do. And I was trying to figure out how to navigate all of these heightened emotions and how to work through that. And so I eventually came to um, a shamanic Chinese medicine program. And that was really what anchored and helped me ground into myself and they say the shaman has one foot in each world the world of the three the physical world and the world of spirit and so 
I had been shown the world of spirit and then I learned practices to intentionally connect with spirit while staying grounded in this world. So I don't actually work with uh, plant medicines when I work with people, I will help them integrate plants um, and I will help them reconnect with the magic and continue expanding that if they've worked with plants or if they haven't and they want to reconnect with the world of magic or discover it or heal, I'll help them do that. But I do it through breath, intention, song, movement, energy, somatic healing, lots of different techniques that I bring into it. And that's really to make it accessible to everybody and to make it a very grounded approach moving forward. Because when we expand and open up to the the universe, like, holy shit, this is, sorry, this is really big and massive. So (laughs) being grounded and anchored is just such a pivotal um, component for that. Yeah. And never apologize for cursing on this podcast. Okay, cool. I love cursing. Yeah, I just wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, wow, wow, wow. The grounding piece, right? And the, you go, we go, we have these amazing experiences and then we come back to, yeah, a world that has not changed. Mm-hmm. but we've changed. And so you would recommend then sort of as a follow-up when people go and do these things to come back and look for intentional community, or do you feel like, granted, everybody's different, but do you feel like it's something that people should look for or that people should allow? Do you know what I mean? Mm, like That's a great you- question. I think a lot of it I think it's both, but I think you really hit the nail on the head when you said allow. Like Mm. for me, I'd always felt like an outcast, isolated, like weird. And I've had this belief, I don't belong. And so it got between me and connecting with these people. Um, So I think it's, I think having support from somebody who understands the journey you're going through, who can help you integrate it because beliefs like, or whatever the beliefs are and the past experiences are that come between you and community come between you and integrating and healing and taking what you've learned and expanding on it like it's really having someone from outside of you because the plants are amazing and they shift a lot internally but then having a 3d person (laughs) outside help you navigate that and ground it and anchor it and move through the other parts that come up like i found that to be so invaluable yeah we were talking about i'm a part of this um group called the missing witches they're actually out of canada um mm -hmm, they sure are and um so they they do amazing work of finding you know witchy witchy people and bringing us together and last night we had a Mm -hmm. coven call and somehow mushrooms came up and we started talking about mushroom journeys and so i'm curious is that a plant medicine that you also work with or what are your thoughts on that I love mushrooms. I think they're beautiful. They're very accessible. They're uh, they're legal. Psychedelic assisted therapy is legal in Alberta now, where I live. Um, but like we just order ours online, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, they're beautiful plant. Like, I find for me, they've been really healing in a lot of levels. I might I have microdosed with them, mm-hmm. and it really helped me to separate my negative thought patterns and see them mm-hmm. instead of letting them play me. Mm-hmm. And I've done full dose journeys where. For me, I've been, I was going on a really deep healing journey for the last few years, physically and spiritually. And so I would take them and just lie in my bed, you know, shaking and crying for hours and being in this intensely deep out of this world um, 
astral plane <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I don't know exactly what it was, but I think they're beautiful medicine and they're beautiful teachers. And um, I loved uh, listening to Terrence McKenna's talks on them and all of his perspectives and how he feels they like have been played a really big role in the evolution of humanity. Mm. They've been around for so long and then mm -hmm. believes that, you know, we would eat them out of, you know, this dung that we would find and then evolve our consciousness and help us become who we are today. So mm -hmm. I think they're beautiful. So interesting as you were talking about the plants calling so many of us now because of what's happening. And so I think about the sixties when mushrooms and plant medicine was so popular and that in my opinion squashed, right? Mm -hmm. All of that by the powers that be. And now we sort of have this resurgence happening wonder what your thoughts are on that, like the cyclical nature of where we are spiritually. Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's, I think it's a combination of what the world is ready for mm. or what but people mm -hmm. are ready for rather. Mm -hmm. And this just trying to break through from this these, I call them like the spiritual dark ages that yes. because before like like Christian colonizing of the world, we had these communities that were tribal based, that were shamanic, that were in union with nature, connected with spirit, and that was yeah. normal. And then that became outlawed, became yeah. persecuted. And it, we were told what to believe, we were told how to feel. Yeah. And there's been so much um, that got swept, that got put into the darkness, that got suppressed for so long because of that. And that was also like, the industrial revolution came and this this view of nature is someone that we commune with that is alive and part of us to nature is something that must be dominated mm -hmm. i feel like we see the effects of that around the planet and now it's at a point where the planet's saying hey wake the f up guys <laughs> we need to do something different i think like 60s and the 70s it started to come through but i don't know if it had that grounded component mm. Um, but I also think the powers that be, you know, these people who are, these people are saying we shouldn't have the war. These people are doing all these things that are very threatening to us. Let's lock it yeah. down. Yeah. And I think it's just coming back now and people are seeing the benefits of how healing it is, especially for trauma, um, that it's hard to deny that I think the old stories that were political platforms for people are starting to melt away as people see the effects that they can have on helping people heal. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you're saying about sort of the lack of groundedness in earlier movements. And it makes me thinking two things. I'm wondering about movements that grow out of resistance and necessity mm. and movements that grow from choice. Oh, I got tingles. You say that, right? Because I'm thinking about the people who started to do mushrooms now, like not now, now it's getting more popular, but like people who've been sort of doing it all along. I wonder if it's different because they were doing it out of choice. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Mm. <laughs> I have no idea. I love that. I think it kind of speaks to like a deeper heart of energy and consciousness. Like, are yeah. we coming from a place of pushing away of resistance, of fear, right. Right. or are we coming from a place 
what is the intention what is the energy behind it is it coming from yeah. a place of feeling disempowered yeah or feeling empowered to create positive change in the world i think that, that can affect the how it is received yeah yeah or maybe they were right all along you know the hippie generation in so many ways and the greater society had to catch up to yeah their what they knew that could be too yeah so you talked about um feeling outcasted do you do you what do you feel about the outcast perspective what are sort I, of the privileges of being an outcast i guess yeah i know that's where i'm going with it okay, okay. <laughs> i love that okay. um yeah and i think it is definitely it can be a really great gift and i think everything has its light and shadow side so yeah. like for me i was unschooled until high school so i spent most of my time alone in solitude and that was lonely, of course, and like most kids want to hang out with kids their own age. But the benefit of that is I had so much time to just be and to, to explore life, to explore nature and kind of form my own opinions and views. And when I did join school, when I did connect with other people, I didn't feel like I would be particularly and I didn't have anything to lose. I didn't mm. already have a place I feel like I belonged. I didn't have particular identities to any subgroup or culture. I'm like, I'm mm -hmm. just going to be in move and see where I float and where I connect. And I think that's given me a lot of freedom to kind of have that rebel energy where I, I don't mind saying what I see or what I feel. And um, it's, it can be a very freeing thing in that way. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And what are your, so you do plant medicine, what are the other, and you mentioned dance, what other modalities do you work in? Yeah, so I'm trained in shamanic Chinese medicine and medical qigong, which is a kind of Chinese energetic medicine um, mm -hmm. and movement and self-healing for people, uh, hypnotherapy, a little bit of NLP, life coaching, and then just kind of an amalgamation of what I've learned over the years. And so now I train people in something I call medicine within method, where I teach mm -hmm. them kind of a blend of these different modalities where it guides people through the specific process of connecting with the body, connecting with the energy in the body. And then from there, letting that branch into the reason behind any issue, mm. um, healing their, whatever, whatever the reason is, whether it's their inner child or a past life or something else, learning how to heal that and shift that and come into that state of reunion with their self and embodying the lesson on the other side. So that's kind of what I focus on. I like teaching people because they can go out and they can spread all kinds of ripples of light across the world. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's kind of what I like to do now. Mm -hmm. Do you do this in groups or do you do individuals? Yeah, I do group. I do group work. So I guide them through it. Um, I have my current students are it's a six month journey. And so we've been going through that. We started in January and like three months in, it's so cool to see them just like we do live practice in class to see them like healing each other through these deep shamanic processes. I'm like, you guys are just so effing amazing. Like, <laughs> it blows me away how quickly people can pick up this stuff. I mean, I get a lot of old souls who are intuitive, who are, you know, they've been meant to doing, they've been meant to do this work for a long time. They just needed that little bit of nudge, that guidance, that way to connect with their intuition, that framework to feel supported in. And then it's just beautiful to see them take off. Yeah. You mentioned the not belonging piece, the outcast piece, which I definitely resonate with and wondering about this sort of this healing, you know, that entry point so often is pain. What mm -hmm. are the, I don't know, like top three 
things that folks typically come to you with? I think there's a feeling of, it's like a feeling of being called to something more, but not knowing what it is or where to find it, of like desperately needing to figure out what is it? Like I have this feeling of purpose. I know I'm meant for something more. Yeah. I want to believe it's true. I'm struggling to believe it's true. I got a lot of doubt that there's magic is even real. Yes. And then, and I don't know how to find it. And then those people have usually also been through lots of trauma throughout their life, like throughout their childhood. Um, they have physical symptoms because of that. So anxiety, depression, overwhelm, um, self-doubt, a lot of these things. But it, I find that that's, yeah, that's the kind of layer on top because they've, I think at the core of it, it's a disconnection with mm -hmm. their true self and with their power. Yeah, absolutely. Which we know sort of this spiritual dark ages, this impact of colonization and all of those things definitely fragments people in mm -hmm. my opinion. And um, a lot of the work that I do is bringing people back. Sounds like we do some similar things, bringing people, the fragmented pieces of the self back yeah. together. And do you find that you're seeing all kinds of folks, all different ages, ethnicities and things like that? Who's, who's coming? Who's coming? To yeah. I mostly work with women. Yeah. Um, I'm open to working with men, but yeah. women seem to jive the most because yeah. it's a very feminine kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and women of all ethnicities, all ages, all around the world. I've got clients in Australia. I've got um, ages between like early 20s to like, I think late 50s, early 60s. And people just get called at all different times of their life. And um, yeah, I like that because they teach each other so much. Yeah. And so they can they kind of start out a lot of them start out feeling like the outcast but yeah. they've all felt this way and so they see each other and they get it and so they have a place where they can feel like they belong and then the ones who have you know who are their kids are old enough that they are moving off to college like talk to the other mothers about hey yeah i remember that this is what really helped me and so like, it's just beautiful to see that community of women coming together and supporting each other such a like old, simple thing that has so much power in it. Yeah. It's as you were talking, I'm seeing like the goddess sort of with their hands around the globe. It's always so like this work is happening. And so yeah. it's so important for us to turn our attention to what's happening and like not pay attention so much to the news and social media and all of that, because here you are in Canada, right? doing all this work with women from all across the world. And so for me, it's just like the rise of the divine feminine is what I'm hearing as you're talking. So I'd love to hear what you have to say about the rise of the divine um, feminine yeah. and anything else you want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about the rise of the divine feminine. I think right. that's really what it's about. And that's mm -hmm. really kind of, I love being a part of that and serving that coming into the world, like re-emerging because it was suppressed for so long. Yeah. And it's such a powerful thing. And I think what we're seeing now is like, the imbalance of the masculine, the imbalance masculine is no, it's not serving anybody, not serving men, not serving women, nobody in between. And so this call to like, remember the wisdom of the feminine, the fluidity, there's so much power in the intuitive healing practices and things that don't have to follow a rigid structure. Um, but yeah, I love that you mentioned like this image of wrapping around the world. Cause that's a lot of 
what I remind women of, especially during our graduation ceremonies, my guides will sing and, and, and share messages with them, but it's, they always remind us like, you are one part of what's happening across the planet. This is a movement of healing and, mm. and, and of the feminine and just reconnecting with that. It, it is both humbling and so deeply expansive to know that we are a part of something that is so much bigger and we're not doing it alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. This movement of healing and there's something so powerful when people come together for healing mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. yeah. So what else, <laughs> what else is on your heart to talk about? Yeah. Well, I feel like something that I've been moving through lately um, and I've been helping women with is women who are meant to be healers or who've been healers for so many lifetimes. Mm. Yeah, and then <laughs> there's just like a lot of shit went down in those old mm -hmm. lifetimes. For, mm -hmm. and, yeah. And so now we have like these amazing beings with so much capacity, so much wisdom that's needed in this world, but this very visceral, real, um self-protection mechanism that's saying hey don't you share that because the world is gonna f you up if you do don't go that's through right. that again that's and right so, yeah so i've been doing a lot of work on this myself and i'm guiding women through this now is like releasing what you know i've heard is called the witch wound before yes so I, i'm happy to call it that yes. and um coming in it's like the layer by layer coming into this place of realizing that it is safe now that you know we are worthy and yes it's needed in this world and um the reason you aren't taking action on that course you took or getting visible in social media or talking about your work or have any idea how to talk about your work or hiding the fact that you do this at all like th those are mechanisms to protect you but they're also preventing you from sharing what is needed in this world and what's meant to come through you and so i feel like this is like part of this piece of the divine feminine re-emerging is healing and releasing those things that have held us in to keep us safe because of what happened before yeah and and what's still happening because yes. right because well and they are in some places to listen i i was just in a place and i don't want to put it on blast where um a local bruja they burned her store down yeah this year yeah and she moved next door it's <laughs> <So, laughs> like i'm not getting out of here you're not me that easy next door her. and yeah. so um but so it's still happening but and even for me i have you know these fears sometimes about even though my thing is called the magic i'm i'm pretty darn public and i've had relatives call me and ask me are you a witch you know and then i just like mm. block them <laughs> so mm. for me. Mm -hmm. but there is a cost still, but, and what I love about what you just said and what's sort of even illuminating for me right now is that there's also people. So we don't have to be afraid because even if you can't be out to your family or your church or whatever, because I know people that's very real for them, but we have these communities where you can be seen on the computer. So there is that, there is that safety, even if the environment is not 100% for us. 
Yeah. And that well said, I feel like that is finding those places where you can be fully expressed and not have to censor and hide that. Like that is such a deeply soul nourishing place to be and a place that kind of teaches the mind, the subconscious, like, Hey, there's nothing wrong with this. This is a gift. This is beautiful. How freaking amazing and magical. And where I live in the world, I mean, women can still be persecuted for being witches in some places, sadly, where I live, that doesn't happen. And so, you know, people might not like my vibe, they might not agree with my beliefs, but I'm no longer in the spiritual closet. And I'm cool with that, you know, so Jehovah's Witnesses want to come to my door, I'm like, that's cool. I believe in past lives. And I don't think we're, you know, we're not going to go anywhere here. Like you do you, I'll do me. Um, But I don't feel afraid anymore. Yeah. And that's really freeing. And I do find my people locally where I connect with. And so I aim to cultivate spaces where I can be, where I don't have to hold that back and they don't have to hold that back. Yeah. And there's some people who are on the kind of on the outlines who are like, I'm like spiritually curious, like (laughs) thinking about this stuff, but I didn't know who to talk to about it. And so that's just where I'm in my journey. I feel safe expressing that. And I find that kind of invites other people in who didn't know they could talk about that. Same, same. Absolutely. And I'm, I even my mother yesterday, because I'm wearing something that I, I went through a ceremony and I got and yesterday she was like, what is that thing on your on your leg? And I was like, that's for protection from my haters. <laughs> <laughs> we only one of those. <laughs> she was like, what? And I was like, yes. And I just like, you know, told her about it. She didn't say too much afterwards, but at least she's like curious, you know, she'll come up here yeah. and she'll look at my cards. She'll, she'll, you know, it's not like, what are you doing? You know, she's just like, okay, this is what my daughter does. Like, and I'm blessed for that. Like, cause everybody, I know everybody doesn't have that, but yeah, I think also the pandemic opened a lot of people. There's a crystal store here in Connecticut that I used to go to before 2020. And there might be 20 people there. And as soon as things started to open up again, I went in there and they were packed. I mean, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So people are starting to see like, shit's crazy around here. Let me, let me (laughs) go and investigate. Maybe they were scared before. I don't know. All I know is the crystal stores are booming. Mm -hmm. And um, so people are reaching out, which is great. People that probably would not have before 2020, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of people since 2020 who have surprised me mm-hmm. with how much growth they went through and mm-hmm. their openness to talk about energy and just things that, you know, yes. were used to be like taboo, mm-hmm. uh, funnily enough. But um, I think that like meeting ourselves in solitude is an opportunity for really for people to start shifting things. And, and so it was hard, really hard for a lot of people. But I know that or I, I've seen so much growth yeah come from that I think in some ways it was what the world needed yeah yeah I I definitely was saying that as well like we yeah we needed to go to our rooms and think about <laughs> we need our, a time out <laughs> we need a and we got it you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um and so yeah I'm definitely that yeah yeah some crazy time I mean it's still you know, we're still going through it, but we have tools. We do. And um, yeah, I feel like 
Well, I mean, where I am in Canada, things are kind of more normalized now. And I was yeah. just thinking a couple of days ago, like, I'm so grateful that I don't have to like, I don't worry about it anymore. I don't think about it much. It's just, it's a part of life. It's not a big deal. Um, but I, yeah, it, the tools are powerful. And I've seen a lot of people, I think what's coming from that now too, is people like, they don't want to do what doesn't resonate anymore. Like I can't do shit that doesn't feel aligned anymore. I don't want to be in this job. This relationship is no longer working. We need to either do relationship 2.0 or let it go. That's just, right. I love, like, it's so good. I'm like, great. Yeah. Finally, let's take a stand for yes. like, how we want to live. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the, you know, we're still being pushed by the planets. I mean, I knew last year, the numerology of last year, I was like, okay, so this is a make it or break it year for folks. Mm -hmm. Are we getting married? Are we breaking up? Like what's happening? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the, and the pandemic definitely pushed that along as well. So, and I don't work on Fridays anymore. What it's starting in January. I was just like, that's going to be my self-love day. And I was, a, mm -hmm. I mean, you talk about how you were, yeah, I have a Capricorn rising. So, you know, that, mm. that, that work thing is, is, mm -hmm. and I'm Jamaican. So it's like, you know, you're not working, you're not, what are you doing? So, mm. um, so that's been a real like shift for that wow. too. Yeah. Looking at work in a, in a, in a different way. How have you liked having that day, that self-love day? I love it. Um, because, you know, one of my friends really inspires me and she hasn't, I don't, I think she stopped working on Fridays years ago and you know, it's Friday, it's Freya's day. I'm a, I'm a Libra sun. So it was like Venus. And so at a certain point last year, I just was like, I'm living way too much in my Capricorn rising. Like I'm just doing it too much. I need to be in my Venus energy. And so I decided to start courting her. You know, I have an altar to her over there and just like getting nice lotions and things for myself. And then I just was like, I'm not working on Fridays. That's Venus day. I'm going to just, you know, I still do something, you know, I still do some things, you know, and then yeah. I'll have a little rant, you know, like <laughs> my day off, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, but it's great to be like, yeah, I don't have to, I can just do me today. I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. I I was like, um, ever since, I don't know where I got it, somewhere from society along the way, this belief that like, I must be productive to be valuable. Yes. yes. And like, I had this, I got, well, I, I'm just recovering from Lyme disease. And that's why I had like chronic fatigue for years and like, just not capable of pushing through anymore. And I would be lying there and I'm like, just feeling so worthless because I wasn't doing stuff. Yes. And I had to reframe it in my mind because I wasn't able to fully shift the belief at that time. Okay rest is productive. <laughs> so that was like a little like bridge belief that <laughs> is helping mm -hmm. me get to like, I don't need to be productive. I can be mm -hmm. that. I'm, just be, I'm valuable as I am. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, you know, you know, undoing that programming, especially mm -hmm. for, you know, I live in Brooklyn. So it's like, shit's expensive. Mm -hmm. And so I really had to last year, just be like, you're going to go with the flow. You're not going to chase work. And so I didn't work as much last 2020, 2021. I worked my ass off because we did healing work. Right. So it was like, there was a mm -hmm. lot of shit to do in this, you know? So I was grateful yeah. for the work, but the, I was just freaking exhausted by the end of 2021. And that's where I would, I would just push and push and push. And then by November, December, my body would just shut down 
when I was working like full time at my, at the job that I had. And um, so then I would just take off from December to mid-January. I started making that like a practice. And that just tells you, cause I'd never took time off during the year. So I had all this time. And then um, when I quit my job in 2020, okay, fine. I worked like mad, but then last year or 2021, I just was like, I can't do it anymore. November, I was done. I was just like, I need a sabbatical. Mm-hmm. And so I just took three months off and um, emerged, you know, 2022 around March. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I need to live seasonally. Maybe I need to go into mm-hmm. hibernation in December and not come out until March. So I experimented with that last year, quite a bit. And so I worked less, so I made less money. And I just was like, it's just going to have to be okay. And then kind of this year now, but now things are starting to pick up. So I'm like, okay, I guess I need to, because <laughs> it's starting to get real comfortable. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear that. I can relate to all of that. And I think like where I'm in my journey, I'm like, okay, I've been working my ass off. Like I I've, I got burnout in 2019 when I was doing photography, like crazy. And then I got like self-healing burnout where everything felt like work all the time. I had to do the work. Yes. And now I'm like, I'm at a place where like, I have some energy. I feel good. I'm going to go walk my dogs in the woods barefoot and just enjoy the like the wind sparkling through the leaves and the sun coming off of them and like having little healer potluck gatherings at my place and just like loving life. And when I do that, like my my vibration raises, I feel better, I feel clearer. Um, I still do the work. I still do tapping and like somatic work and beliefs work, but like bringing in the pleasure and like growing through pleasure was something that I just hadn't really accessed before. Like even my own sensuality and my body and it's like unlocking that. I'm like, Oh my God, there's so much energy in this. And it's just so healing and inspiring. And I start thinking about things in a whole new way. Mm-hmm. And that was something that like, I felt so separated from for a long time. And I just like, mm-hmm. the, there's so much beauty and wisdom in the pleasure. And I think like bringing that back in, it's, I feel like it's part of the feminine too. Like the imbalanced mm-hmm. masculine is like work, 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 push, 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 grind, grind, grind. Yes. I was like, I don't want to, I want to do that anymore. <laughs> I want to have fun. Exactly. And I feel like it's more effective. I feel like I'm like more flowy. Mm. Softer in a way. I'm not as like, <laughs> um if somebody gets on my nerve like if I'm on customer service call or something I'm just like I'm more chill and I feel like this is like what the goddess work is supposed to be yeah right I feel like this is because how can we create if we are just like in just this this space of working all the time how can our central nervous system be expansive and you know, I was getting the downloads before and all of that stuff, but I wasn't doing like my spiritual hygiene mm. because I always was working, you know? And so now it's like, I do, I'm doing the things and I have more energy. I still, there's still a level of exhaustion. Cause you know, I live in the United States <laughs> and I'm a black lady. So there's still mm. that. And I've been doing domestic violence for 23 years, but it's, but it's starting to feel lighter. Mm. And I feel like because of the sort of workspace that I'm in, injecting this conversation about rest and pleasure, like to domestic violence advocates and to sexual violence advocates, this is like a 
conversation that I'm super passionate about with them and really helping people to um, take it seriously. Yeah. You know, because when we're in the social justice space, it's hard to be like, rest, pull back. Like, cause people just, we just don't think you can do it. You know, cause it's like people's lives are on the line. And it's like, they are. And they're going to be there after you take a nap. So it's really a, it's a, it's a hard um, shift, but, mm. but it's happening. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Cause like, that's like being really in the front lines and that definitely in the red zone of burnout because you're just because of what's on the line and because of what these people are facing. Like, that's beautiful that you're, you're doing that work. I don't know if I would have the staying power in that space but um i'm glad that you're giving yourself some self-love as well mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe like you know even more important for you and people in your space yeah yeah it is and it's it's exciting to see some of the conversations shifting and there's like a restival happening which i think is phenomenal in massachusetts um where people are going to get together and rest and this whole nap ministry thing, like when I first heard about it, I was like, what, what a nap? So people just taking naps, like what's happening? How's the work <laughs> getting done? And then I started looking at it. I was like, oh yeah, there's, okay. Yeah, they're right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And it's like, I think that's part of it too, is like, how do we bring the divine feminine into like the way we live, yes. like through the healing work and also like how we treat ourselves and what we give yes. to ourselves. And yeah. Like just, yeah, there's just releasing of the old paradigms piece by piece as we bring in things like this. Yeah, 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 it's happening. So I would love as we sort of, I cannot believe it's already like we've been chatting for like 50 minutes. It's crazy. <laughs> it goes by so fast. Um, but I wonder about, and this, now this is a very Capricorn rising question, because um, <laughs> <laughs> we always are interested in legacy. So uh when you think about sort of what you are creating and what you're building, what is it that you, if you even think about this now, um, that you would want to be known for? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like my mission is to support the healing and awakening of life on earth. And so that's, that's really my drive. And I want to be, or what I've been doing is creating a community that can become, that can fuel itself that where they can support and healing each other Mm -hmm. and um it's really about helping into each individual to kind of come home to themselves and the medicine Mm. that they're meant to be sharing in the world because i believe we all have an original medicine like the unique gifts and perspectives and energy that you have mixed with something bigger that's meant to come through you and that's different for everybody and i feel like the world needs our medicine right now and so where i'm focusing currently is helping people to access and share that and then you know i'm going to let my business evolve and kind of ideally support these people continuously along their journey like feeling worthy of sharing it getting the skills to share to be a healer and then um i think i'm moving into right now is like sacred business like how do i create business that's sustainable that can create systems and you know however you want to show up in it where it's not it's something that can have the maximum impact well you still get to live your life Mm, so you're helping people to think about that or is that something you're crafting for your business 
That's kind of like where I'm at moving into in my business. And then I think that will be coming down in the future after, because I know it's such a big part of like, for healers, like letting go of the monk mindset and like, hey, you, what you do changes people's lives. You can mm -hmm. charge for it. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And the exchange of energy is going to help them to be invested and committed mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. nourish you and nourish the work that's coming through you. And so seeing um just helping people really get clear on who that is and how they share it and creating the systems and, and processes in place to like yeah. have that space where they can breathe in their business and still see it grow yeah absolutely we are we are in the same place on that yeah. <laughs> um because we need that we need to be able to live our lives and yeah. float, float about and walk barefoot in the forest and you yeah. know Oh, yeah. totally. And I want to do that. And I want to make lots of money and I want to help right. a lot of people while I'm doing That's it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that is what we're doing. May it be so. Yeah. All right. So how can people find you? Um, my, my website is mindbodyfree.com and I'm on Instagram and TikTok at your mind body free. And then I've got a, a Facebook group where I go live with trainings and I drop free resources in there each week. And um, you can find a link to that on my website, um, HeartSpace. So that's that's where to find me. Amazing. Abigail, thank you so much. This has been so, so good. And I want to talk to you about hypnotherapy as well. Once we yeah. go. And so again, folks, that is mindbodyfree.com. And on the socials, it is your mind body free. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Abigail Moss. This has been amazing. And, you know, we're going to just affirm that the people that listen to this, they are going to be edified by it and flood <laughs> <laughs> your inbox. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. I'm Zoe Flowers. This is the Magic Hours podcast, and I will talk with y'all soon. Bye.